0: My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. So we played the right way and um, you know, yeah, we we loved how we responded and we played. um, It's great to get seven goals, but we did it the right way. Um, We played team first. We weren't extending our shifts. We weren't individually trying to score. We were scoring the right way. And uh, that was certainly nice for us to see and obviously nice for for the group to get rewarded when they do that. And with that, from uh, Wild Coach Dean Everson, welcome into a late-night edition of Judd's Hockey Show, where it's Zolgat and Declan Goff, and there is so much to talk about. Seven to two, the Wild, uh, as you saw, if you're watching this, uh, scored a season-high seven goals tonight, and what was probably their most impressive performance of the season coming off was probably their worst performance of the season on Tuesday against the San Jose Sharks. And Declan, let's just start here. Whatever buttons, and there mm-hmm. were definitely buttons uh, that Everson pushed with Kirill Kaprizov, they worked to perfection because Kirill, coming off a let's not not uh, excuse me, sugarcoat this dog of a game, it was a terrible game. He basically didn't show up. Now that has not been the case all season, but Tuesday night it was. Kirill Kaprizov, a goal, three assists, and four points. Mm-hmm. Matt Zuccarello, his. Usual line mate who was with him at times, but certainly not all the time because those two were broken up for chunks tonight. Uh, A goal, two assists, and three points for him. And then Eureka, Victor Rask, who spent the entire night centering for for Kaprizov.
1: Never doubted him.
0: A goal to assist for three points. And uh, just for good measure, Rask, Kaprizov, um, and Zuccarello were all plus four. But let's start with Krill, and let's start with... Dean evison's ability to do something here that is so damn impressive, Dex, for those of us who have watched this team for a long time, on a night where Ryan Suter was in the building, and that is to take your superstar player, who, by the way, I think cares a lot. So, so like Caprice, I've had a terrible game, but I was not in the camp of, well, this is it. This is a, pro-. it was a problematic game, but anyway, evison pushes the buttons. And doesn't just get, okay, that's a that's better, right? We watched that game in the press box tonight. Kirill, for I think the first time for an entire game, was back to the 2020 Kirill uh, mm-hmm. from the pandemic shortened season and was a man possessed. Like whatever Dean did here, and I don't know if he talked to him too, but certainly taking him away from, or Zuccarello away from him and then putting them back together, um, it worked to perfection. I mean, there's no two ways about it. It worked to perfection.
1: Yeah, Kirill was awesome tonight. Yeah, and, and Dean deserves a hell of a lot of credit, too. He pushes all the right buttons. You gave him, here's uh, Judge Zolgat's patented number one star. Yeah, he was in my the post number one game, seven. You and I were, were, were sitting, sitting next to each other as that one was wrapping up. You said uh, that he deserves all the right, he deserves all the acolytes pushing the right buttons. Look, yeah, he was awesome with Victor Rask last season. Um, I see a lot of us. A lot of these comments popped in on our YouTube channel. By the way, thank you for watching us right now, hanging out late with us. If you want uh, regular Minnesota Wild conversations, hit the subscribe button. We'll also pump out Timberwolves, Vikings, Twins conversations. Sometimes Twins, uh, right here on our Score North YouTube channel. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Um, he was really good with he was really good with Victor Rask last season, and in general. I think you knew he was going to break out and have a game like this. No one was doubting, I think, that Kirill wasn't able to wake up and have a performance like this. Uh, his, uh, his metrics suggest that he has been playing well. He just hasn't gotten the goals. Um, but there's definitely was something off with him. We saw that on Tuesday. You could say that maybe he played one of his worst games in his wild tenure on Tuesday. At least one of his most forgettable ones. Um, and it's okay to ask your superstar players to rise up when the moment needs, when when, when you need them the most. And he eventually was able to do that this evening. Um, you know, we, we, I put out a graphic I think on our score on our social media accounts yesterday. I said rate or grade, excuse me, give me a grade of Kirill Kaprizov's play through the first fifteen games. And I would say the most majority of people said anywhere between some said F, which I think is a little harsh, uh, but most said D plus C minus. If you're asking me to grade his play through 15 games for tonight, I would actually say B minus is what I would say. That's my initial grade. I say B minus because number one, that's still below expectations. It's solid. It's above average. He hasn't been a below average player, but he's also not living up to his status. And that's where I think B minus literally hits perfect. It's a B minus. He's he's above average, but he's not playing to the level he should be playing at. Tonight was exactly the player that he was last season. Uh, What three four point night now? Uh, uh, for him this evening. I know the stats crew was still hanging out with us, um, trying to figure out the final ones there. But four points. You can't really complain about that. Uh, I believe six total shot attempts, two on goal. It was a good night for Kirill Kaprizov. I don't know if it was Victor Rask, you know, if if, if that was really it. I don't really think it is. Uh, But he also had a very, very good ninth night, and they needed him. They needed him to have a big night.
0: And make no mistake, Victor Rask uh, reacts to being scratched. So, so like, don't expect this next game. This is Victor Rask often pops back up. Um, Victor Rask is a probably a better player than he shows quite frequently. So if you do what the what the Wild has done of late, which is scratch him, he's going to come back with a pretty damn good game engaged. He tends to wane at times, and he's so slow at times that that's a problem. But yeah, I mean, the thing with Kaprizov, I really felt this too. And Dex, and so there's this perception that, well, I mean, look at the points. I mean, yes, he had three goals, but I, I think going into tonight, he was tied for the team lead, if I'm not mistaken, with uh Ryan Hartman in points, with 11, I think, in 15 games. And there's this perception of, I, I mean, come on, guys, look at the points. He's playing pretty well. I mean, Mads Zuccarello was saying tonight, I mean, he's playing pretty. he was playing pretty well. Okay, here's the thing. Kro Kaprizov, first of all, just signed a five-year, $45 million contract. Second of all, You know, a lot of people like us who are watching this right now, watch the Wild play a lot. Pretty well is not sufficient. Like pretty well is Brandon Duhame. Okay, he's playing pretty well. Okay, awesome. That's really good, right? Right. Um, Maybe Sturm. Nico Sturm's playing pretty well. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's not great, but it's, you know, it's pretty well. Um, I would give going into tonight for a season grade, I would give Capri not an F, not a D, I would give him a C because he had been for him average. He was he was the kid who was doing no work and he could still pass the test. And it wasn't a disaster. Um but pretty much me. Yeah, well, and it's me too. But guess what? I wasn't but if you had paid me forty-five <laughs> million dollars over five years to go to school, I'm gonna get A's. Um, he w- was not applying himself and the Tuesday game that the Tuesday game against the Sharks in some ways for Kaprizov, I think from the standpoint of those around him is a blessing in disguise because it was a low point and it was so bad that, and it's very clear Dean Evison does not ignore that. Like he's not going to come out in the post game press conference and, and fillet Kaprizov. Like he's not going to go nuts. He's not going to tell you all oh, this guy, as he said, in his answers on Tuesday, you know, I'm not going to address individuals by name, but there are a lot of guys, including Caprisov that can do far more. And he he sent the clear message by basically taking away the carrot that is Zuccarello and then dangling it back, which is great. That's fine, but I just I applaud any coach of this franchise that basically takes the superstar player and says, okay, if you're not going to be that guy, there's going to be pushback here. Um, And to not see what happened with Kaprizov tonight as being a a wake-up call is to have buried your head in the sand and be like, I just love the wild and Kaprizov can do no wrong. And that's how we get into these problems of guys like Parisi and Suter and that whole group doing their own thing because they're treated as prima donnas and special players. So just starting off, I loved the fact that Dean saw a problem. And he addressed it very quickly, and he nipped it in the bud. And and the result tonight, seven goals, was a really impressive effort from pretty much everybody on that team.
1: I'll say this for Dean Evason, and this one took me by so has taken me by surprise. Uh, the longer he's been the coach, he he's a very self aware guy. Um, I thought most I thought the interpretation of when he got that interim tag relabel, I believe that was shortly before the bubble in Vancouver and it we kind of, and we were kind of thought, Oh, that's interesting. There was no betting process. You're not going to do a, a, a coaching search. It was a two year contract extension, which by the way, I believe like, this is the last year of his contract, right? He mm-hmm. doesn't have anything attached to his mm-hmm. contract for next season as it stands right now. Um, and you and I both thought, huh, a little strange. I wasn't as down on it. You had, I think a few more questions than I did, but we, we just kind of figured, whatever, let it play out. Right. They're going to the bubble. There's so many other questions this team has to answer the head coach, albeit important, not, not highest on the priority list. But he, the way he talks about the team in his postgame comments are, is really, really impressive. Like, Bruce Boudreaux was an amazing quote, and, and Boudreaux was, will also shoot you straight. But he also kind of would get, I think, caught up sometimes in the media light and and would get more caught up with his, with what he wanted to say and get caught up with the points and all this stuff. Dean has a much more business approach, but also is, I think, getting a lot more comfortable in his own skin, you know he he's a he's a lifer. You know he's been in hockey for his entire life, and he he had a cup of coffee in the NHL. He wasn't he wasn't a along for a long time, but he's logged in a ton of games in minor leagues. And
0: he actually did play.
1: Uh, did he play a lot of games quite in the NHL? A bit.
0: Hartford, the Sharks. Yeah, yeah.
1: He bounced around a little bit. And he had a nice little career, right? But yeah. but as as his, as his head coaching tenure, I think, has drugged right. along, he's become just more comfortable and aware. And when he's calling out players not extending shifts. I mean, that's the second time and it's not a coincidence. I think he's bringing it up for the second time in the last, what week and a half. Cause Parisi and the Isles were here a couple weeks ago. Um, and Suter and the Dallas stars were here tonight that guys are not extending their shifts. It's a team effort. It's a team game. It's not about individuals. It's not about highlights. It's about the betterment of the team. And I don't think it's a coincidence that both times no, he's no. brought that up, that it's been Zach and Ryan in town. Um, he, to me, he's just been very impressive. There's a reason he was a finalist for Jack Adams last year. He's a damn good coach, and I'll, I won't eat crow on it because it wasn't like I was down on it, but he has taken me by a huge surprise of how good of a, uh, of a coach he really is.
0: I will eat crow because I did not think, I had no idea that, that he was going to be this effective. But let me also, in in fairness to this discussion, Declan, give credit where credit is due as well. Dean wouldn't be as emboldened as dean is and he does a very good job because he doesn't call out players like it's not like a bash fest like bruce would get so upset he'd start to bash he'd start to make it very clear and and that he was bashing certain guys and yeah bruce was a great quote and i like bruce but um the credit here also goes to bill garrett because it's really crystal clear that that dean has the support of his gm completely and that this team is no longer run by any players. And if if you get out of line, there's going to be pushback immediately now. Like, you're not going to be able to call your shots, call your ice time. Anything that you do is going to be met with, uh, oh, no, you don't. And that is the biggest change. And that's tough in sports now, too. Because, I mean, we are in a coddled world of sports. And I love the fact that Dean... Dean couldn't get away with this if Bill didn't have his back. If Kirill's people could run to Dean or to Bill and say, he's picking on Kirill again. This, this ain't fair. He's got to play with Matts, And Bill's like, yeah, you know what? I'll talk to Dean. That takes, the, that takes the, um, uh, the oomph out of Dean immediately and compromises him. So what I think that we're seeing here is a really good tandem and a team of the GM and coach are, are front and center. And you know what? If Dean comes to Bill and says, you know, Mats and Kirill are doing nothing but passing back and forth and it's ticking me off. And Kirill just played a terrible game. I think he said, I think Bill says, go ahead, right. do what you want to do. And this doesn't mean that you're going to scratch Kirill, which you should not do. Uh, this doesn't mean that you're going to discipline him. But you are going to make it very clear in any language Kirill wants to speak. You're going to make it very clear what the what the pushback and fallout is going to be. And and it's no accident, too, that what I think it was, if, if I can look at the box score, which I did hang around to get, it's no, um, it's no accident that the wild second goal of the game at 15.09 of the second period by Kaprizov on a feed from... Zuccarello, which was a gorgeous oh, awesome. through the legs of the Stars yeah. defenseman in front. And Kirill, Kirill was unchecked. Kirill was standing there completely alone just uh, for the tap-in. Um, but it's no accident that that goal was a thing of beauty. And that this was also a message to Matt's too. Like Matt's played a far better game tonight. So, So the that's most- what I like too. The whole thing off of that horse bleed performance on Tuesday, it's not just Kirill. Um, Dean and Bill sent a message to everybody on that team that what you used to get away with here is not acceptable. Yep. And and I just, I can't tell you how much I love the fact that it got nipped in the bud immediately. Like it didn't fester for, because it felt like it used to fester for like three or four games, right? And, yep. then, and then the furious rallies would come out <laughs> and they'd be like, let's go. Yeah, we're going to show people. <laughs> Um this didn't feel like that. This felt like the players had been basically chastised pro- appropriately and that they're like, "Oh, okay." Instead of the players basically saying, "Well, we played really poor for 5 games and now we're going to take it seriously." This was one really bad game and bang, back to business, 7 goals. Um um everybody I thought for the most part played great. Camp Talbot was really good. Yeah. Like I I loved I love Kaprizov's game, but I also loved the overall effort. And there's just now a no-nonsense, you're-not-going-to-get-away-with-this-crap approach that we didn't see in that building for probably seven years.
1: I mean, just the attitude of the team. I I can't remember the last time I've I've seen it, at least since I've started covering uh, games for the last five years. You know, that... First year, of Bruce, when you know they they had a hundred plus points and they had home ice advantage uh, against the Blues. That was a Jake Allen series. That season went swimmingly. Things were clicking, but there wasn't. I don't really remember there being like a confident mantra about the team. It was like, oh, this team's playing really well, but it was, but it, but there right. wasn't, there wasn't a swagger, and there wasn't anything. It was, it, I mean, there was new life in Bruce, and and those young kids were playing well, but there wasn't an an it factor.
0: Yeah, and there was also a feeling, Dex, too, off your point. There was always the feeling that – because I think we both thought that Bruce was a good coach. So this is not to say that he was not. But, you know, from Yo to to Torch to Bruce, I always was guessing that a coach might be in control, but I could never, like, identify it. Like, right now, coming out of the press conference that we both went to tonight with Dean – there's no question in my mind he is in complete
1: control he's, he's in control
0: like i remember while going out of the bruce press conferences and being like this still feels like zach and yeah. ryan and suits and koivu are probably yep. calling the shots here and bruce is trying to like do the best that he can sure um you know we we both sit there with dean and you listen to him and yeah it's a business-like approach but and it leaves you with no doubt that you know i wonder if of trying to run this team. Um, there's none of that, and and that is is so important for the for the the core sake of the franchise and team. If you are ever going to, to have success, because the previous thing too, De- Declan was this: the Suter teams at their best had a lot of talent, so like they could win on talent at times. Like that was, uh, it didn't have to be cohesive. Now, they were never going to make a playoff run, but they could win games on talent. Uh, this team has talent, but more important, it has structure.
1: Yeah, it has structure. It, it's deep. You know, when you win 7-2 to two against the Stars, um, and by the way, a bad Stars team. That Stars I, team ain't good. I want to talk about them in a second. Um, and we'll get there. But I got a
0: observation. Go ahead. It,
1: it was, it was a, it, that, that team stinks. And look, the Sharks aren't good either. Um, they're in a transition period as well, but the stars aren't supposed to be in a transition period. And the stars were stinky tonight. The The sharks
0: are hungry. They're not that good, but they're hungry. Yeah. And
1: tonight uh, it was a complete team performance. I see a ton of YouTube comments right here on our YouTube channel. Talk about Rem Pitlick. Talk about Rem Pitlick. Yeah. Pitlick was awesome again. He he has a hell of a shot. I mean, I covered him at the U of M for off and on for a year and a half. And he, he's always been this talented. Nashville is probably kicking themselves. You know, they, they made a risky decision to try to send him on waivers, and the Wild swooped him up. And that fourth line has just been damn solid all season long. You can't ask much for him. I mean, when, when you win 7-2, to two, you would think that, you know, eventually you'd get those guys more minutes. And those guys only played nine minutes tonight. You know, they didn't play a ton. But when they were on the ice, they were effective. They were creating chances. You got to love that. Cam Talbot tonight was phenomenal. Talbot, in my opinion, has been disappointing. He's regressing. Um, all signs that I was warning you about in the preseason are really coming true with his game tonight. I thought was one of his strongest games of the season. Um, you know, even even with the stars being disappointing, they have firepower. I mean, they still have Ben, they still have Sagan. Um, Robertson's going to be a very special player for them. Radulov was, you know, probably on the wrong side of his career, but they they have they have talent still. They're just not cohesive, and their their top players aren't scoring a lot of goals tonight. And they just, they they look awful. I think Bonus might be the next coach fired. Um, and maybe not for the right reasons or wrong reasons, but because that team is supposed to be good, and they look bad tonight. Um, and I know your observation, I think I know your observation is going with them, but just to wrap up the, the grand scheme of things, the, this entire team played great tonight. I think Felino was the only forward without a point. I maybe even saw it at one point at, at by the end of the games tonight. So like everyone was contributing. You got three defensive pairs that are that are rock solid. The only thing that I think I have questions about is this goaltending. This goaltending statistically and analytically has been bad, but the Wilder overcoming it. And goaltending is random. Goaltending is certainly random. It's the weirdest damn thing in the world. Kata Hot, once again looks like the best goal in the league. If you would have told me. Twenty percent through the season. Who's going to be the Vesna candidate? Yeah. Carter Harder would be like, no, there's that that ain't happening. He's a nice goalie, sure. but he won't be a Vesna candidate. Goaltending's random. I have questions there. I think Capo still has to get one of these starts in Florida against Tampa or Florida. I don't care who that is. Um, but tonight, overall, you win seven to two. You, you, there's not a lot to complain about.
0: Uh no. It, it, so in fact, um, I believe that you're correct. So Felino was a plus one, and, and in in looking through here, no, it looks like the rest of the forwards had points. So that that stat is absolutely correct. Uh the flino line gets us to the fact that they put Eck, Greenway, and flino back together. And I know I know the Greenway on Tuesday actually played in the midst of a terrible game by the team, a decent game. Played decent. Uh Dean said I think that Greenway's been back for five games, and Dean's point tonight was well, I think he's played hard in all five games. I will say this when you put Jordan Greenway with Eck. And Foligno, Declan, he has no choice but to work his He's ass work off, yeah. and he did tonight. And and he is so so because I've always been the one who said I think you can put Ek with Caprissov, I think you can do this or that, but I wonder now if we're, we're going to go back to uh, those three players being left together because it does seem to be the best way to get the most from Greenway, and for him to apply himself is to have it be Ek Foligno greenway because then greenway has no way to take shifts off Correct. like like if he does it's gonna be it's i think his pride kicks in yep you can so tell that's a big deal to me
1: you can tell he's moving his feet a ton um he's skating really hard he's working hard the the, the issue is and look yeah it's two strong games from him so I, I i don't i don't want to knock it too much but like how many times do you have to keep telling a 25 24 year old player hey we need you tonight Hey, hey, we need you to oh, bring your A game tonight. Eventually you get tiresome of that. Not to be honest, if this is what gets him motivated for the rest of the year, great. But if I'm Bill Guerin, there's only so many times I can start having that conversation with the young player before I realize he just is who he is and I'm gonna move on, which is why I didn't at the time and I still really don't. And he's not having a lighting up he's not lighting the lamp a ton this season, but like trading Luke Cunning. I didn't like that move. I didn't like bailing on a young player like that. But but to the point of why you do it. I can see why maybe by the deadline or most likely in the off season, why you would, if I'm Bill and I'd part ways with it. if, if Greenway continues down this up and down trend, that's not worth sticking around with.
0: Now, the nice thing uh, to go back to Pitlick's game and it, yeah, he is one. He's fast. I didn't know he, he was this fast, but he's got uh, great speed. Yeah. But, the, the one thing this team has now, and we've talked about this before, but it, it's probably worth broaching again. The, One thing that you see consistently, if they're playing well or not, is the speed now. They've got four lines of speed, and that fourth line has wheels. That fourth line, we we are so far past the days of, well, Koivu's declining. What can we do with him? Let's (laughs) stick him on the fourth line. He can win a couple faceoffs here and there. We are now to Sturm wheels. Duhame, who's a tough cookie, Uh wheels. Pitlick, wheels, and so so when you do employ that fourth line, because of their speed and skill, they're going to naturally create, which we saw tonight. So so when they bring on that line, they actually present some problems for opposing teams because of that speed, and it is such a great starting point, just from a um, fundamental roster construction standpoint, to have a team that has this speed now, and to and. This has got to be easily the fastest team that this that this franchise has had. I agree. Um, I don't ever remember where you went four lines deep with speed. I remember where you went four lines deep with a tough guy on it. Or, right. or again, Koivu, a declining player, and you're like, what should we do? Let's stick him on the fourth line. Um, and that's where that's where it's weird because as well as you played tonight, Victor Rask really doesn't fit in long term. Nope. Um, and you know, the thing with Rask is tonight's game didn't surprise me one bit. Let's talk about that in three games. So, so, uh, the wild now goes and they'll play the back-to-back games that you were talking about Saturday and Sunday against the Panthers and the lightning. And then I believe it's next Wednesday before Thanksgiving, they play the devils in Jersey. I'm sure Rask is going to probably play in all three games now. Let's see what Rask is doing against the Devils, because that's about the game where he starts to sort of tail off. And and that's the one thing with him is previously Rask could fit in fine, but there's going to get to be a point in time here, if he keeps playing consistently decks, where his lack of speed is going to show up because everybody else for the most part is so damn fast, which is a good thing.
1: Right. And, you know, we were talking with our friend of the show, Dan Myers, in the postgame presser uh, today. Like, you know, what what happened to Nick Bukestead? You know, I, I've really Nick Bukestead isn't a thing to write home about anymore. I mean, his, he, when he came out of the U of M, kind of similar to Pitlick, a very prolific player at the U. I had a nice couple seasons with Florida, but clearly Nick Bukestead's future in the NFL is a bottom six forward. Um, And I didn't think you had to take him out of the lineup by any means. And this is where, yeah, like Victor Rath scores a goal tonight, and he's the product of a 7-2 win, so he'll get a leash, and he'll get probably another longer tenure to to probably play both of these back-to-backs against two very good Florida teams. But also, like, I don't think Nick Bukestad in 15 games, he just has the two goals. I'd rather play Nick Bukestad. Like, I I would rather, I mean, he can at least keep up a little bit more. I don't really understand the need of just playing Victor Ras because he is, he is slow. He doesn't fit the DNA of this team anymore.
0: Yeah, but it's weird because it, because he does give Kaprizov at times a pop. So it's so I think that that's just, why they put him back in. I'm just saying it's not going to – I don't think it's going to keep up. No. Um, but I wasn't surprised one bit that he came back after being scratched for a lengthy period of time and played well because he sort of does that. Uh, But the most important thing tonight was, I I think the wake-up call was far more to Zuccarello and Kaprizov. And they clearly got that. And in fact, when what Kaprizov answered two or three questions in a post-game press conference through an interpreter... And it was crystal clear from what he said through the interpreter that he got the message. Like, like this was not odd. Oh, didn't see that coming. He knows he played horse bleep on Tuesday. He knows he was. He knows that eleven points in fifteen games in the way that, that he was playing three goals isn't him. Um, he's not dumb, and I certainly don't don't think he's a lazy player he's gotten off to in my opinion a below average start for him which which for most guys again you know oh, it's fine it's fine so i mean look at the points i mean he'll he'll be fine well yeah but fine's not what you want from a guy who just basically maxed you out on a uh, five-year contract and and to go to our um conversations that we have so often decks with Phil about Cousins, it's a salary cap league. So like, you can't be like, well, it's fine. It's going to be fine. No, it's not. You can't go get more guys. He's got to do what you expect him to do. Let's move on to the uh, blue line. Can we, please? Okay. For those who are you watching this, I'm just going to turn this guy around. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I got the Suter bobblehead out. There's the a reason. Um, I yeah. wish I had the Stars one. My guess is there's not going to be one.
1: Maybe a promotion. I don't think they'll... We'll have to talk to our friends in Dallas and see if one of the next uh, Ryan Suter night is.
0: Not unless Ryan demands one, which, by the way, is very possible. Okay, so um, let's go through, first of all, the wild blue line tonight. And I'm going to go through um, six defensemen that played, and I'm going to give you numbers. Okay. That's going to be what I like to call time on ice. Okay. Okay? (laughs) Time on ice. Uh, Let's let's see. First uh, defenseman... Uh, pairing Goligoski, nineteen minutes, and uh, then let's see. Let me go down to number forty-six, Jared Spurgeon, twenty-three nineteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second pairing Brodine and Dumba. Dumba nineteen oh two, 21 twenty-one thirty-nine. Third pairing Kulikov sixteen oh eight, John Merrill sixteen oh nine. Got all that?
1: Yep, I do. Now
0: let me go up to the Dallas Stars end of the box score to a yeah, guy okay. who wears number twenty. Sure. And it was a minus two. All right. And um, time on ice, twenty three fifty eight. Played more than any wild defenseman tonight. And and I tweeted <laughs> this and I said this to you in the press box. You know what? See, I don't agree with you. I don't think Dallas is a bad team because they have too many good players to truly be yeah. a bad team. I, yeah. Um. But but as I tweeted, they are a perfect Ryan Suter team. And it was so nice to watch the opponent be a Ryan Suter team instead of the team that you cover or root for. I don't know, whatever your affiliation or your thoughts about the Wild is, it was so nice to watch Dallas be the Ryan Suter team, which is a team with some, no pun intended again, star power, some very nice players, um, and a team that comes into your barn and underachieves in a mighty way. And, and yet you look and the defenseman who Bill Guerin bought out shockingly to some on the same day that he bought out Zach Parisi, played twenty-three fifty-eight more than any wild defenseman. And he got his, he got his, but the wild got the win. Uh, and here, here's the last to me, the capper to it. And it's no accident. It is no, he would never admit this in a thousand years, but it is no accident that Alex Goligosky, had a goal, his first with the Wild, yep. two assists, three points, plus four. Alex Goligoski is, without question, the replacement on the Wild for Ryan Suter. And I love the fact that his goal came on a wrist shot, which, of course, is, the, is suits the shot. Uh, <laughs> it was a perfect night, if you are a Wild fan or Bill Guerin, to be justified for exactly what happened.
1: Yeah, even uh, looking at Suter's minutes, and look, he uh, the Stars had a ton of power play time tonight. Uh, just looking at the splits here for their the, minutes because I can do first, that for you.
0: And he's on the first power play too, which
1: is hilarious. So imagine that. In all situations, Suter had yeah, twenty three fifty eight, and then five on five, Suter was fifteen ten, and then on the power play, he logged five fifteen. Yep. So he logged five and a half minutes basically on the power play. Um, the next closest defenseman was Hiskanen at four fifty. So he was extending shifts. He was taking his time out there. It was classic Suter. It really it was, was classic Ryan Suter. It really was. Um, Made me so happy. I I mean, yes, I agree that the, the, there's too many cooks in that kitchen to not be delicious, right? Like they're John they're, the Klingberg. Stars. Yeah, Klingberg's damn good. Asa a... Lindell is, is a pain in the ass. There, there, there's, Sagan? there's there's good players on that team, but they're not playing very well right now. And their top players also aren't scoring big goals.
0: And their coach might get fired.
1: I I think he's gone. I think he's as good as gone. I really do. Um, but this was classic suits. This was Who's classic Yeah, this is classic Ryan Suter. He played five and a half minutes. He overextended shifts. Um, it's not too surprising to see. Even if I can do this really quick, uh, Ryan Suter only had. Five long shifts. Five long shifts on natural stat tricks. So basically um, shifts that he overextended himself. He had five shifts that were that were overextended for a for a normal defenseman. Which was the most of 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 the defensemen. Of course it was. It was the most. Actually it was the most of the team. <laughs> uh, ben and Fasca had four shifts, but he had uh, yeah, he had he had actually there's an extra long. I forgot about that. He had six. He had six long extra long shifts. Yeah, so yes, I, I, I I'm it. not I'm not shocked at all that he ends I up racking believe... 23 and a half minutes and believe... logs up a bunch He's of upset. shots.
0: He's upset right now, shaking yeah. his head at you. He's like don't talk about it anymore.
1: Yeah. Sorry suits. I'm glad uh I'm glad the Wild have three defense. Yeah. And the Wild too to the contrary yeah. have have three pairs that roll, man. Um Kulikov rolls. Kulikov and Merrill are phenomenal. I mean, usually you put three two guys in your back end Look at, you know, Brad Hunt. Look at Ian Cole. Um, yeah. You can just kind of plug and play guys there. They're not going to shipwreck you.
0: Kulikov's but, been good. But Maryland and Kulikov have been good. Yeah, and, and I was concerned when Ian Cole um, went and signed with the Hurricanes. I thought that's a huge loss, and it might be a loss, but these guys have been good. I mean, Bill Guerin, let's, you know, let's give him credit where credit is due. That guy has pushed the right buttons. He made the right moves. This team is fast. He bought out the right guys. And I know, I know that there's going to be cap pain and that's true. But when you see this team play out as a team, it's so refreshing. And this is, and, and you know, full disclosure, this is why I complained for like five years. This is what I wanted. Like we're watching that game t- tonight. And yes, Tuesday was terrible, but but previously that Tuesday performance would have dragged on for like three games. Right. And now it's just purged. It's done. And Dean does Dean's thing and bill does bills thing. And the players are kept in line and that's incredibly important. And and, you know, the locker room lawyers are all gone. And that's what you see now. Um, I'm not saying that they're all great guys. I have no idea. don't really care. As long as they keep their mouth shut and do their jobs, that's all you care about. So that's why I mean, and Ryan and Zach in their prime were really good players. But as far as to you know, as far as what they brought from an off the ice perspective of empowering the team, they were terrible. And now you see with guys like Dumba and Felino and Spurgeon and just go down the entire list. Everybody's involved. And and you know, the fourth line doesn't get to play begrudgingly because, well, get off the ice. You're not <laughs> supposed to be. Oh, seriously. You yeah. know, you see that fourth line now. That fourth line's important. Um, and I love the fact that the coach can make moves and shake things up. And there's no like, well, how's Kaprizov going to take this? He might not take it well. I wonder if he's going to give a half-ass effort. Well, he doesn't. He responds to it. So, like, tonight to me was the blueprint of how or, – or the example of how much things have changed. And, you know, guys, I'm sorry, Zach and and Suits, but um, eh, it's just a different era. In fact, you know what? Go sit on the shelf.
1: Yeah, put him up there. You need – you know what you need? You need to get Fiala. You Need to get Caprisov. There's not.
0: Um, there is a Caprisov one I found online. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be shipped in February. It's a bobblehead. You head, but, know the shipping. But oh. it's like, but it's like sixty dollars, and I really, Ooh. and it, so I've been you, urging that's,
1: that's surly money right there.
0: That's surly money, but and I also don't know if I want to like here. Here's what I want. I'm urging two things. I'm urging the Wild to make a Caprisov, and I'm urging the Wolves. To, to make an ant
1: an ant yeah because
0: because i've got cat around here and a cat's great i love the cat doll but you know the cat bobblehead is fine but i need an ant and a Caprisov
1: and a jackson then at that point right and i really
0: don't want to yeah that's a good one too i really don't want to spend 60 bucks on a off from an outside sense. provider
1: and by the way no twins rookie is allowed at the table until um he's worth it so yeah. Alex, like Alex Kirloff, you might no. be you no, might no, be no, fine, no, no, but no no you no. Burn no. your bobblehead. The
0: three yep. you you nailed it right there. The three I want are Kaprizov and JJ.
1: Like Joe Joe Ryan and Alex Kirloff can like look at the other table like, "Oh, I want to sit with the no, cool kids." Prove to, to us you can sit with the cool you kids don't get and then one of, and then maybe we'll talk. Maybe you don't we'll get one
0: in. of these Can not with us until you're a star. Yeah. Until you're a star. JJ's a star, Kaprizov's a star. Ant, I like enough. All right, plug our stuff and then um and then we're done.
1: Yeah, uh Judd's hockey show, Judd Zogad Declan with Goff here. We got. Hit the subscribe button if you want regular Minnesota sports content, daily Minnesota sports content, uh Minnesota Wild, Timberwolves, Vikings, sometimes twins, sometimes gophers content, uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson also helped us
0: Byron Buxton, reckless speculation. That's Plenty of I, that. That's what I'll tell
1: you. Duges and Dugues and Jutta hit that this week if you want some baseball conversation there. Uh, if you want some Minnesota Wild conversation, because Jed and I will be doing these post-game press conferences, or post-game press conferences, post-game shows, I should say, um, semi-regularly throughout the week, and we'll also provide bonus episodes when we do them right here on this YouTube channel. So if you want Minnesota Wild content, please hit the subscribe button. We're almost at 10,000 subscribers. So please help us get there. We you literally built awesome. this channel basically like a year ago. Awesome. Uh, Phil, Judd, and I uh, came up with the idea of, of starting to funnel a secondary YouTube channel. And obviously, the Minnesota Vikings uh, play the Packers this week. So we still got plenty of stuff to do. Judd's Keys makes his return uh, tomorrow. It's Feedback Friday on Mackie yeah. and Judd. Yep, and actually, and Judd, yep. don't, I don't want you to do it. I don't want you to do it. Yep. But tomorrow on Feedback Friday is going to be a double pennant Friday because the Wolves kick— the Spurs ass tonight and also the Minnesota Wild obviously won big against the Stars we've been talking about so it's a double pennant Friday on two flags
0: two flags waving in the wind yeah that's right
1: so please hit the subscribe button if you like what you're hearing we appreciate you guys and then vent line on Sunday which we can't it's Vikings Packers week I really I love Vikings Packers week literally one of my favorite weekends uh on the sports calendar year and we'll have vent line ready to rock on our purple daily youtube yep. channel subscribe and, to that as well
0: and tomorrow on pd i want to talk about something is aaron Rodgers going to play he's in practice this week he's got a bad toe mm-hmm. something's going on there a i think we might. I, if we see jordan love five and five folks five and five okay declan take it away
1: all right pass shoot score
2: hi this is chris howard host of plugged in with chris howard And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BitOnline as well. And don't forget, BitOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BitOnline, where the game starts.